0: Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest, and I love her so much, and we have a story to tell about why we love her so much, and uh, before I bring Erin on, I'm going to give you an intro. Uh, Erin Washington is a lifestyle blogger and former college athlete who struggled with weight and body image for over 20 years. She finally found her best body at 37 after having two kids. Erin promotes a balanced lifestyle of squats and margaritas and offers tips and motivation To women who are working out but not seeing results. Erin grew up in Columbus, Ohio, the oldest of four sisters. She began playing soccer at age four, was a high school standout, and went on to play at the collegiate level. After graduating from college, she moved to Washington, D.C. to work for the Washington Redskins, where she met her husband. In addition to raising a family and staying fit, Erin has a Has been a contributor to Scary Mommy and Chow Hound and currently resides in the Atlanta area with her husband and two children. Welcome, Erin Washington. Thank you so
1: much for having me for the first time ever.
0: (laughs) Oh, the first time ever. So, funny story before we we hop in is we recorded together this episode uh, about what, a month ago? Mm -hmm. Probably. And uh, my uh, computer didn't like the recording and didn't save it. And so we are back again. I said it was so
1: good. I, I just wanted to do it again. Like, I'm yeah. so happy to be back.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. And I was like, I have to ask Aaron to come back and it's, you're one of my favorite people I've interviewed. So it was a very oh. easy ask, but, uh, it, it was just such a shame, but we're going to do it again. True. We got so, it. So <laughs> bigger and better. So for the first time, I will ask you, what's your favorite cookie and or cookie memory?
1: <laughs> I was not expecting that question at all. No, of course you weren't. <laughs> My favorite cookie I'm saying with it is white chocolate macadamia nut, especially the real chewy ones that you get at Subway. If anybody's had those. And I said that memory, it's not even a memory, but like the fact that cookies are a part of my lifestyle now is new, uh, because I lived with deprivation and restriction for 20 years.
0: Right. Right. And you <laughs> said that, uh, the last time we spoke, uh, you have something sweet with your coffee every, like all, every day.
1: I did. I literally just finished a crumble cookie. No, I didn't finish it. Those are huge, but the crumble cookies, I don't know if you had those. Yeah. They just opened one here
0: in Austin, like near me.
1: It's rich, but like, Oh my God. Like it's too much. I can't even have like half a one in one sitting. Like it's too much, but they're delicious. And I had a little bit of a crumble cookie this morning with my coffee every morning. Mm -hmm. I have to have something sweet. So I don't feel deprived. And then it's like, my brain is satisfied with that. Like I don't even crave it after like my morning treat.
0: And what do you, how do you take your coffee?
1: Um, just a little bit of half and half. Okay, so I'm not simple. there yet. If, do you drink it black?
0: <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no. I tried. I have tried. Um, no, I drink mine with nut pods. It's mm. like ten calories. I just do a little bit. I do the hazelnut. I like the hazelnut ones or the pumpkin during that time. It's so good. Mm. Never tried those. You tried it? It's almond no. milk and or coconut milk, depending on which one you get. But it's just a hint. It's not sweet. It just has a little. It just got a little bit of flavoring, but it's not sugary or sweet or anything. It's really good. I was good.
1: gonna say, I wonder if that would like take the place of my sweet thing. That then I would just have a sweet coffee because my coffee is not sweet. I'd use something sweet to have with it. But maybe if I tried something like a.
0: Well, it's not sweet. It just has like it's like an undertone. Flavor. So you would still need
1: your sweet. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. But giving it I don't that.
0: know. Try it. It's you can get it at any grocery store. <laughs> it's not sponsored by Nut Pods, but hey. Yet.
1: Call (laughs) me. No, just kidding. Uh, So
0: (laughs) we're going to dive in. So we were a match made in heaven. Um, Shout out to my assistant, Nicole. She found you. And uh, she's like, I saw it. You knew you'd fall in love. And so you were a collegiate athlete. You played soccer and I was also a soccer player. Mm -hmm. And so tell me a little bit about when you were playing soccer, where did you play? And how, after you stopped playing, what that was
1: like? (laughs) It was not good. Um, I started playing soccer at four. Um, all my sisters, like we all grew up, my dad was a, um, a punter in the NFL and we all played soccer. Um, we, I I don't know, I was the oldest of the four and I was the only one that was like obsessive about soccer. Um, all year long I would train. It was my value for some reason. I I had other things going for me, but it only mattered like what happened in soccer. So I trained relentlessly all year round. Um, got a division one Well, I guess I'll start in high school. We were back-to-back state champions. Um, I started as a freshman, like I, I never came off the field and that's what I was used to. Um, I was the captain just kind of like running the field. That's what I knew. So I get to college and I ended up uh, with a division one scholarship. I played at the university of Dayton in Ohio. And when I got to college, um, b- me being me, I trained all summer. Cause I had to come in and win all the fitness, you know, contests. And I came in super fit, won everything, and then didn't play. Hmm. And I was not used to that. No, <laughs> I didn't really, excuse me. <clears throat> I didn't really know what to do with that. Um, so I made it through my freshman year and I would just work super hard in practice, but then it like seemed like sophomore year. It didn't matter what I did in practice. Like he was playing his people yeah. and I quit kind of on a whim. I remember we were at Michigan state and I walked across the field. My mom had driven up from Ohio to watch the game that I didn't play in. And she like saw it on my face. I walked across. I was like, I'm done. Like, what is the point? And it's like, when you're a college athlete, you get up and you do a lift then you do classes all day. Then you're going to a road trip. You're gone for the weekend. It's your whole life. And when you're not playing and you don't like get to be a part of the wins, like it just doesn't feel satisfying. And I felt like it wasn't fair. So I quit and I'm like, everything will be fine. And um, it's a big deal when
0: you yeah. playing is the best. Like that's I mean, yeah. yes, I understand if you have to sit because it's just that game, but that's the best part is playing and having fun. Mm-hmm. Some people like being a part of the team, but I, I'm the same way. I I want to play. Like I wrote a blog. Give me all the minutes. That.
1: There were people on the team that were just happy to be there and like a division one athlete and just be like on the trips. But it, I wasn't used to that. And I felt I genuinely felt that I had earned a place on the field and it wasn't fair. And I, I thought it would be fine and it was not fine. Um, I quit in the middle of the season and then like, didn't really think it through. Uh, (laughs) went back to the soccer house where I lived, uh, with all the soccer players who would go to practice every day, or they'd like go to their away trips. And I sunk into horrible depression. Like my identity was gone. I wasn't playing soccer. Like what else was there? That's all I had thrown everything into that and it was gone on a whim. Like one day I was a soccer player one day I wasn't right. And I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, I think we talked last time, like one of the hardest things was I couldn't go to the athlete building anymore. I had to go to like the student rec. Oh yeah. This the rec
0: center for, for gym. We couldn't go yeah. work out in the big, in the big one.
1: I'm not an athlete. I wasn't allowed in there. It just, it was Heather, like, I, I don't know. It, it crushed me. And it's awful.
0: You have to go. No, 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 shame to the rec center people, but like when you're working out in a really state-of-the-art facility with all like with the trainers and the athletes, and then you have to go to the gym. like
1: it sucks. And that, that was another thing. Like, I'm glad you said that because when you're in a division one strength and conditioning program, you can pretty much eat whatever you want because you're working it off in the mm-hmm. middle of the season. I just stopped conditioning. I wasn't on the team anymore. I don't know if I mentioned that (laughs) um, (laughs) I was eating normally and shocker. I started gaining weight because I wasn't playing soccer anymore. And initially, I don't know if you want me to get into this now, but like initially I thought like I'm eating too much. I'm gaining weight. Um, I turned in like it, it was bulimia. I started throwing up my food and I hid it from everyone. And, uh, it doesn't really work that way. Like you can throw up your food, but it throws off all of your hormones. It makes you bloated and puffy. It doesn't make you skinny. And I was doing that and obviously I could see that wasn't working. I wasn't losing weight, but it became just. Now I see something that I can control when everything in my life is out of control and something that I obsessed about and fixated on every day. Like I thought about when I could binge and purge and it was like, now there was nothing else in my life except this. And this kind of took the place of like my obsession. It wasn't soccer anymore. I could not get a hold of it. I struggled for 10 years. And um recently, oh, three years ago, I wrote a book um, about finding balance after, you know, just totally abusing my body in pursuit of this physical ideal that I never got. Um, now I'm in my physical ideal body by taking care of it and being healthy. And I decided to share my story after I had kids to kind of motivate someone that feels like it's too late. Um, you're not too, it's not too late. You're not too old. You can change your life at any point, no matter what you've been through, there's a way out of it. And I just kind of shared how I came out of it and how I live my life now with balance.
0: Right. Because it's all or nothing, especially if you're an athlete to that capacity. I mean, I remember I was very similar soccer all the time. I was on four soccer teams. I also danced. I was a violinist. I was always busy and in school. And when soccer just stopped, it's like, what else am I supposed to do? do. Yeah. I have to go to school, but I'm used to going to school and playing soccer. Like Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, like it just takes you over. And so I think with athletes, it's an obsessive personality. And so if you can't keep busy doing that, then you find something else. And I can relate because when you were obsessing about food and weight, I, I was more, um, got a really OCD got really Mm -hmm. obsessive with all placement in my, like of my things, like you could walk into a room, move something in my room. I would know exactly that, that you moved it and people would come in and they would mess because it thinks it was so funny, but I got super OCD to where it was. It was awful. It was obsessive. Like my books had to be in this order and this is where everything had to be. And I never really had that before, but it was something I could control because I didn't have what I wanted to do.
1: Yeah. Right. Do you know, like, do you know where it came from that? Like, I don't, I still don't know why everything, like my value and my identity, why soccer, like there were other parts of your life. Like, why, why do you think it's so hard? Like I, I need this answer. Like, I don't know why, like I was homecoming queen. I was prom queen, um, national honor society, like all these other things that I had going, none of it mattered to me. Only it only mattered if they scored on us because I played defense and soccer, like our state championships, like That is, was my value, even though I had a lot of other things going for some reason, soccer was my only identity. And I felt the only value that I had, and I still don't know why to this.
0: Maybe it's because that's a good question. I think it's because a, it was fun. Like we had fun. We had Mm. our friends. It wasn't work. Like for me personally, when I, when I played soccer, it was not work for me. I think more of the work was like running laps. Like I didn't want to do that. Like that, that sucked. Like when we had to go run laps or go do drills, I didn't really like that part. I liked to play. It was fun. It was competitive and I was good at it. And, and I also, I met people like I was up against people on the other team that were better than me, that it challenged me. And so I think it's because we were getting challenged. We had fun. It uh, made us better. And I think with, with anything else because I was successful too. I, I was in the top orchestra. I was a straight A student. Yeah. I won awards, all the things, but I think it's because like, you were just good at it to be good at it. Like you, sometimes you're just exactly. good at things or you were winning homecoming cream. Cause you were voted and it wasn't something that brought you joy. Like, yeah, that was cool and happy and neat. Yeah. Something to say, Hey, I won this, but I think with soccer, you're earning it. You're working hard. You're having fun. So that I think is the big difference. Can
1: I ask you something when you're talking about like competitive and, uh, how did you, when you were not an athlete anymore, but like, was it hard for you to not be an athlete and like compete? Like I, when I go to the gym now, or there's like a group fitness class, like I cannot turn it off. Like I'm still Competitive that way. Oh, I have to be the best. Like have to be the best. <laughs> best form.
0: Can't can't lay down. Can't can't lay down and look and see sweat. Like you gotta keep it going.
1: I know. i like It's not that serious. I peed my pants, Heather, and a mile run challenge at Orange Theory Fitness because I couldn't. I was not losing, and they don't tell you when it's coming. And I had just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh she yeah. I shouldn't have been running that fast, but I was like, there's no option to not win this. Like I knew they're going to put all the names on the board and I'm still like that. And I won, but I peed my pants. Like that's to the point where my body was like, stop. And I didn't because of my drive that sounds like a good thing, but can get to like a crazy level. Like what you, you want to be the
0: best. It just is. It's, yeah. And that's why actually a lot of companies uh, in business like to hire athletes because yeah. they like to be the best if it's, it's a competition, like you, you are judged on your performance. And so they love athletes that just like to perform. Like we like to perform. And I mean, when I was in sales, um, for a court reporting firm years ago, I wanted to be the top rep no matter what. And Mm -hmm. if I wasn't that month for some strange reason, just because I don't know, I just had an off month or whatever, (laughs) or it was going to get packed on to the next month. I was like, so mad i was like no
1: oh my god and Same. it felt like a failure but like you don't you can't accept it not yeah the bad. like you can't i hold myself to a like unachievable standard like i'll never hit this like perfection so i'm always kind of like feeling like less than that i didn't hit it but no one is perfect like you're never going to hit this so why do you hold yourself to this standard like, I don't, are you first born? Did we talk about this last Yeah, time? I'm first born. So I think that's something too. Like I have three younger sisters, all of them, division ones, sc- soccer scholarships. All of them had better careers. I mean, like played four years, like made all conference and stuff. We're not psychos about it. So, you know, it was like, if summer can't like, it's about to be conditioning. They'd like go for a run, but I was like, right. I have to, I'm out there training. And I'm the one that like made it a year and a half and was out of it. And they, because they weren't psychotic about it and obsessive, but I I'm the first born perfectionist. Everything has to be, I'm a little OCD too. Yep. Um, and they weren't. And so I, I think that birth order might be a thing. My sister's not OCD
0: either. She's particular, but she's not OCD at all. She played soccer, but just was like, she gave it up because she was just getting burned out. She was, great at tennis like her that was her thing like she was mm-hmm. undefeated she was she I didn't really have to study that much at school and I I did well mm-hmm. because it came it just didn't I don't know I just was able to get by and not have to study and I got straight A's she studied her butt off like late nights got stressed out and just obsessed with school and so just some things come easier I guess but I guess the pressure of being a firstborn maybe I mean You're there's a reason why
1: I guess what? To the maybe,
0: ones? I mean, you've seen, have you seen Encanto that movie? Yeah. Give me your kids. And so Ooh, that, that one I've song, in... <laughs> Louisa, I'm like,
1: Luis is a beast. She is, but
0: she <laughs> has all the, and maybe it's the I pressure know. that we put
1: ourselves yes. like that, That's no one's fault, but ourself, our own. I know it's completely self-imposed and I know it, but I, I'm not, I still continue to be that way. Even I found therapy pretty recently too. Like even after I put my book out, I still wasn't going to therapy and even my therapist, she's kind of like, okay. She's like, you're like, you. she's like, give yourself grace. Like I, I can't go to bed at night until the house is immaculate. Like Mm -hmm. I lay down thinking like everything has been handled. Everything is in order. And she's like, why? Like what happens if you wake up and there's dishes in the sink? And I'm like, I don't know. I'd never done it. (laughs) I don't, I said, I don't want that to be the first thing I'm hit with in the morning. Like, oh, I wake up, I'm tired, dishes. So I'm trying to set myself up for success in the morning. Dishes are already done. And she's like, first, she, the things she gave me, she's like, you can't do you do dishes anymore. Like you leave them- Oh, in she the told sink you room. not to do dishes. Yes, I can't. And I can't clean my playroom. And other things she gave me, because oh, she's God. like- Every time I talk to you, it's like the playroom, the playroom. And I was like, because I walk by it and it's just always a mess. And like, they just leave everything everywhere. And it, it I feel better when the playroom is clean. And she's like, you're not cleaning the playroom this week. And I was I like, I can't handle, oh! can you, <laughs> well, she, I could not, I said, then I can't walk by it. She goes, then don't walk by it. She goes, go another way. And it was great. A great exercise because, you know, like next week we get on the call. She's like, how'd it go? I was like, it's not the playroom. I feel the same anxiety and stress and it's not the playroom. It's a, it doesn't matter if I clean, she was like, cause it's not the playroom. Like it's you, you're putting these ridiculous like rules expectations. on expectations. Yeah. yeah. Ex- like this needs to be this way and, or I won't feel, and I was fine. Like I woke up in the morning. I almost had like more, I wrote a blog about this. I was like, I had more energy in the morning to just knock out the, those dishes than I did at night. And I'm always trying to set myself up for success. But it, I mean, it took me like four minutes and it wasn't like this thing. Like, but I swear I was like, I'm going to be laying in bed. Like I it's going to bother me that the dishes are in the sink and she's like then we're going to do this to show you it's not the dishes like you clean them in the morning and i'm like yeah i guess like i never considered that i everything had to be right I have to be done to i sleep. was the same way <laughs> i think in still? the more kids no not
0: as much because i feel like being a single mom there's just only so much i can do and it's and i've noticed too like for me personally like if the kids were playing with toys and it was a mess. I would like go clean it up before they grabbed it again. Like I I couldn't handle my nephew comes to my house, dumps the entire bin of cars out. And I'm like, Oh, and I've gotten better. Like, okay, I now expect this. I expect it cleaned up. And my sister's like, it's fine. I will clean it up before we go. I promise, I promise. And so they'll be here for hours and then I'll walk and I'm like, oh my God, I can't walk by it. Can't walk by it. And then when they leave, they do it. And sometimes I'll just won't wait. I'll just go in there and do it. Cause I can't. No. And she's like, seriously, he's just going to do it again. I'm like, so learning that I have to wait <laughs> because of just more work for me. It is is. I'm just going to constantly be cleaning because I feel I'm good at the
1: moment that it's clean. Even though it, I know I'm gonna have to clean it again, at least for that time, how ridiculous is that? Like I, I'm like, I'll clean it now while they're at school because nobody's in here to mess it up. And when they get home from school, it'll be immaculate. But they just got home from school, and it's they're the gonna dump all their stuff on the counter. You're gonna go in there, yeah. But I feel at least like I have a little bit of peace. It, it's crazy. But then ridiculous. you get mad
0: at the like when they mess it up, right? Then you're just like, yes. oh my god, I just cleaned this up. Like, why are you making a mess? It's like, wait, Heather. My husband's like,
1: like it's the playroom because once I closed, I closed the playroom and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, the playroom is closed. And now it's like, I'll say like the playroom. And my son's like, is closed. And my husband's <laughs> like, you can't close the playroom. It's the playroom. Where do you want him to go? And I'm like, but they trash it. But he's like, what it's the playroom. Like, why does it matter? And then I I don't know. I just like order <laughs>
0: me too. And and I've learned now I just close the door. If I can't <sighs> see it, it doesn't yeah. bother me as much. And like yesterday I was I was uh, doing something uh, probably work or whatever. And they come in and I have toys in my office and it's in bins. Like they're in nice decorative cubes. And Mm -hmm. so I can't like, yeah, I can look at it. Great. But they were pulling things out. And I'm like, then they leave it in front of me while I'm Mm -hmm. still trying to do what I'm doing. I'm like,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Oh my God. So (laughs) either take it with you or put it back because I am now staring at 13 lightning McQueen's and there's guitars And all sorts out. And you guys aren't in here. You guys are not in here. You guys are in another room. (laughs) Take it out or put it back because I can't stand looking at it. But I have gotten better. I think with every kid, it was just more you give and you take. And I've just learned that it's like, I'd rather my stuff be unorganized than theirs. Mm. Like my, my laundry doesn't have to be put away, but theirs does. Like That's, their rooms need to be clean. My yeah. room's clean, but like, if there's something not in place, I'd rather like, I, it's just me. Like, I just have to I deal with it.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that too.
0: So, I mean, know, but you know, we relate in that way. I, it, it must be either personality or who knows what, maybe it's just. Momming in a pandemic. Momming. So let's talk a little bit more about like, you have a um, squats and margaritas mm-hmm. and you have a podcast. hmm It's very, very cool. And I love the name and I wanted to talk more about, you know, what you're doing now and how you're helping others through that because body dysmorphia and I mean, all women and men, I'm not going to exclude, like exclude the men, but it's more common in women where I think, I think it's a crazy statistic, like 88% women hate some part of their body when they look in the mirror every time. and we're just not perfect, especially if we have kids, like things just don't fall back to the way they are. I've had three back surgeries. Jeez, It's, I have this, it's, and it's so silly and it sounds crazy. But when I had my surgery, when I was 18, 19, he didn't, he didn't go through the front and just went through the back and I had the ugliest scar. Cause I had a really bad staff infection. I got super sick, God. had to go back in do the thing. And so it just wasn't closed up like in that nice straight line. Mm-hmm. And it bothered me for the longest time. And it was on my back. Like I couldn't even see it. And, then I got my last one four years ago and he ended up cleaning it up really nicely. Even my dad was like, wow, he did a really nice job, but he had to go through my front. He had to go through the front to give me some arch because he didn't do it the first time the the old doctor. Mm -hmm. And I was so upset because I have had three kids vaginally
1: and no
0: C-section. So I was like, what do you mean you have to cut my stomach? Like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah. well, I have to cut it this way. And it wasn't even like a C at least C sections are on the bottom and they can be covered. This is literally to, if you're looking at me to the right of my belly button, it's like four or five inches. And it's, it's nice. It's, it's very clean. It's yeah. looks great, but it's just this thing yeah. on my stomach and I hate it. And I look at it and it's just awful and it's my thing, but it helped me with a better, you know, that, you know, exactly. quality of life and all the things. And it's a really nice job. People don't even notice it, but for some reason, I just don't like it. I gave him a fit. I was like, can you find a way not to do that
1: yeah. for vanity's
0: sake? I guess I have no idea.
1: Of course. Yeah. I can, I, I understand, but it's like, it's part of your journey. It's like right. your journey to healing. Like that's a part of how you got to hopefully no back pain anymore. Um, right. It's just a part of your journey. And you're, I'm sure the only person that notices it Oh, um, I know I am,
0: <laughs> except for my, my daughter, she'll come over and she'll be like, she'll pet it and kiss it. And she'll be like, Oh mom, your scar. See, I'm like, oh, so sweet. She would
1: miss it. I <laughs> know it was gone, it's something that like, yeah, look at how, look at it, how she, your daughter looks at it. Right. Like it's something like sweet and that she like, um, identifies with you that you that's, that's mommy's, you know?
0: Yeah. You sometimes yeah, I to guess look so. it's hard to like eyes. sit back and think that, but
1: oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so squats and margaritas. Well, I wrote my book. Basically my intent with the book was never to share what I've already shared on this podcast, um, by struggles. It was to help the woman who's, um, working out and not seeing results because after 20 years of abusing my body with eating disorders, restriction, deprivation over exercise, I finally found my best body at 37 and I'm not working out as much. I'm eating more. And it's like the opposite of what I feel like women are taught my whole life. It was calories in versus calories out, work out every day and burn more than you're eating. So I ate salads. I would never consider anything else on the menu. Cause you don't eat bread. You just eat salads, With no carbs, <laughs> no carbs. Then it was like no fat. Everything was fat free, but then you eat the whole bag because you justify that they're fat free. Anyway, I was just doing what I thought I was supposed to do. And I was only doing cardio. Seven days a week. And I finally, like a trainer at my gym, was like, You're so frustrated. And I was like, Yeah, I barely eat. I work out seven days a week and I cannot like lose a pound. And he's like, Well, yeah. He's like, You have to eat more. And saying that to someone who well, I was anorexic in high school, bulimic for 10 years after that, I exercised bulimia where I would like write down what I ate and then go work off the calories. Oh, yeah. For, for him to tell me. Yeah. I canceled it out. Sure. That like, it works that way for him to tell me (laughs) eat more to lose weight. I'm like, okay. Like, but at that point I had nothing else to lose. Like I was so frustrated because I'm like, I'm not abusing my body anymore. I'm eating, you know, I'm not throwing up. Um, I'm eating what I'm supposed to eat. I'm doing, you know, an hour on the cardio machines every day. He downloaded my fitness pal on my phone and was like, you put in all your information. And he's like, you are under eating by 900 calories a day. He's like, that's like two meals or like a meal and a couple of snacks. And I know that like, I'm not snacking because I would be hungry, but be like, I'm going to save calories. So mm-hmm. I would hold and be like, cause then at the end of the day, it's going to be a lower number. So my body would be like hungry. And I'm like, Nope, not time yet. I'll wait to uh, a lunch or like a meal and I'll eat at mealtime. So he's like 900 calories you're under eating by. I trusted it. And I ate, Clean, like I ate healthy. I I don't eat that clean now, admittedly, but to get there, I did. But I ate often, like every couple hours, and I lost five pounds. I mean, maybe in like two weeks. Yeah. And for me to lose anything, like an ounce, was like, what? Because I couldn't. My body was holding on to everything because. Your body thinks you're starving, right? You're going to go work out again. You didn't eat enough. So your body's like, Whoa, Insulin we resistance, all that, yeah. all that stuff. We have to keep you alive. My body didn't trust me. Bottom line. As soon as I started eating more often, it was like, okay, we're good. She's going to eat. She's eating. So now we can let go of some of this. And the other part, I was living in such a state of stress all the time. Like I had to get a workout in, I was like reading menus before I went to restaurants and everything was like off limits. And like, All that stress produces cortisol, which is a stress hormone that makes you hold on to fat, especially Especially around your body. Yeah. Yes. So that woman, I was like, I want to talk to the woman that is obsessing. Like I did in for 20 years from 16 to 36 hot mess obsession restriction and frustrated that they're not losing weight. Try it this way. So the book was like how I live now eat more often lift lift heavier than you are now And it's not cardio every day lifting changed my body and eating more often changed my body. So that was going to be the book. I get a writing coach and I send her all my pages. And she was very honest with me and she was like, who are you? Like, are you a nutritionist? Are you a trainer? And I was like, Nope. And she's like, why would anybody get this book or trust what you're saying? And I was like, well, trust me, like I have been through it. I, you know, I'm a former athlete and I wouldn't tell her about the struggle. And she's just like, you don't have any credibility. Like, why would someone get this book? If you're not a trainer. And finally she was like, if you have been through something to get to this place of balance, you have to write the story. You have to share it. And I I kept fighting her. And I was like, no, like my family doesn't even know. And this is probably like, I'm, I was 36 when I wrote this book. So it had been, I probably hadn't been bulimic in like 12 years, but no revisiting that. Yes. But it was, it was almost like I was desensitized from it. Like I'm listening to like a couple of self-help books now, like people like getting through trauma or anxiety and they're talking about facing it while they were in it. I cannot imagine telling someone while I, while I was still bulimic, I'm bulimic. I think that I, that would be, I mean, people say I'm strong now to be able to share my story, but I'm desensitized from it. It's been, well. that's the thing
0: when you share stories, I was told like Jasmine Starr gave me a lot of advice back a couple, like last year was like, when you're in it, it's a, it's a wound And when you're past it, it's a scar. And so you have to decide, can you face it? What like you should be talking about it once it's a scar, because a, you're a little bit more desensitized. You can have a fresh perspective and really grow from it when you're in it and it can still be opened and it's a wound. You're not healed. You Mm -hmm. are treading carefully. You're not fully jumping into it. And how do you fully face it when you still are in it where you're not processing it? No, not at all.
1: That's okay. Then thank you. <laughs> well, she got me to say it, and I. She was like, as soon as I I wrote it, and it's funny. I'm speaking with Gabby Bernstein. I don't know how it happened, but next month, and I just messaged her because I was like, you put into words. I'm probably not even gonna remember exactly how she said it. I kept saying when I'm interviewed about the book, I don't know how to explain exactly how I just felt light um, when I just said it, and nobody had even read it yet. I wrote down my story, and I emailed it to the writing coach. And I felt lighter. Nobody knew, but it was out. It was like, I acknowledged it. And I, there was a yeah, line because in her you butt. let
0: it out of your body because you were holding it. She said, Hold give it. a
1: voice to your shame or giving a voice to your shame is the first step to releasing its grip. And it was like, I said, I'm bulimic. I was anorexic. I had depression. i never said it like I knew, but I, I acknowledged it. And it, I was lighter. Like it, it's just like trying to be more spiritual and like in tune with the universe. Like you have to acknowledge it before you can move past it. And me right. saying it was like, okay, that I could, I just felt lighter. I could breathe a little bit more, I email it. The writing coach picks up the phone, she calls me back. And she's like, this is your book. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So I reworked everything. I still, I was like, I want to help the woman working out and not seeing results. And that's in there. Um, that's basically the second half of the book. But the first half of the book is the struggle and it has ended up helping the woman who's in that still. Cause I was talking to the woman that's working out seven days a week, but like somebody like people reach out to me and they're like, you're the first person I've ever told that I was bulimic. Um, not even my husband and thank you for saying it out loud. And I just want women to whatever they're going through. Like I probably address it at some point in my book with my story, depression, eating disorders, um, like no self-worth. I talk about like a relationship that I should never have stayed in and, just all these things to I finally have gotten out of it and like have perspective and here's how I live now and if you're still in it maybe this can inspire you uh to to try to get out and at least not feel alone because me too
0: and make a change to better because i you when you do come out of something that you are holding on to and i can relate to that it's once you do you're sh- I personally, I don't know about you, but we're very surprised on how many people can relate. And when you think, oh, it's not, and you can't be naive and be like, oh, it's just happening to me, but oh, it's not that common or it doesn't happen to everyone. There's no way that anyone would really understand it because it's not them. But when you start to talk about it in private or just on wherever People come out of it's just like oh my gosh I was just talking to X Y Z about this or oh I was in that type of situation too and gosh it was the best thing ever when I was able to acknowledge it or get out and so getting out of our own way and getting our like putting our ego aside almost because it's not just like yeah yeah yeah. and you
1: don't like it's the shame of the secret like mine was such a gross. I didn't want anybody to know I was doing that. It's so it's so isolating because you're keeping it a secret from everyone. Um, I had Mrs, uh, Wor- the reigning Mrs world on my show last week and she had never told anybody and she ended up saying it on my show. And she's like, wow. well, I, cause I was like, is there anything like you, you grew up in pageants and I was like, was it always like the body image thing? Or did you really struggle with disordered eating? And she like took a second and she's like, I feel like I should share this. And like, this is a part that I should share And it's like, Mrs world like struggled, like you see her. I mean, she is the most stunningly gorgeous woman. She's got three kids. How, do you just think everything's perfect? And she right. shared also that she's been really struggling. Um, I don't know if hers, I think hers was depression. Mine, mine is anxiety, but that she takes medication and she's a pastor's wife. And I guess a lot of people in the congregation were like, medication's not the answer. And she's like, I'm just sharing. I feel like this is mine to share and tell somebody else, if you are struggling And feeling like it's not okay. She, she said, somebody reached out and was like, you gave me permission to go and get help and get medication because you said that you did too. So I, I took that to say, like, if I am giving somebody else permission to like face something again, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a trainer, but I have been through the struggle and found a way out. And I can't not share it with someone else and hopefully give somebody else permission to even just acknowledging it like for me nobody knew I wrote it but nobody had read about my struggles yet but when I acknowledged them and just wrote them down instantly I felt lighter right. like it didn't have that grasp on me anymore so if you're holding on to something even if you're past it um I I mean it was 15 years after when I wrote everything but it's like Gabby Bernstein talks about too like trauma that you're holding on to even if it's trauma with a little T like something that just, is manifesting as pain or something in your body. And there's just like this thing, even though you're not doing it anymore, address it, like acknowledge it so that you can move through it.
0: Yeah. Cause if you ignore it, it just gets bigger or, you know, it's just, it'll just keep growing. It's almost like you sweep things under the rug. You keep sweeping it. Eventually you're just going to trip over the big old bump and you have to address it eventually. So it's just whether or not you're ready or it's appropriate or you do it in your own way, but there's a way to address it as you're going and just give yourself grace that maybe you can't fix it or it's not something you can heal from completely until it's over. You have to be patient because things have to work itself out. Because yeah. We're just human.
1: I think people just feel like a shame in certain things. It's like showing that they're not perfect, but well, if yeah, more right. people say it, then it's going to be like the norm. Like, I said like Katie Couric talked about her bulimia on my show and it was just like a small part of her book. And when she was doing her book tour, obviously everybody's asking her about Matt Lauer and all these things. I went for the eating disorder. Cause I was like me too. And I was like, you mentioned like in college and she's like, yeah, I haven't really talked about it, but she went into detail and seeing someone like her, like such a public figure. And you feel like you're not alone. If like more public figures would be like, huh, me too it would just make you feel like the shame wouldn't be as much because it's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's not
0: because public figures aren't perfect. Like they have a team people. They look good because they have a team. It's their job to be fit. It's their job to be beautiful. Like if I had a team and I had to work out all day and someone was feeding me all day. Yeah. I look like that too. (laughs) Like,
1: you You know, think they have it all together and you're like, well, they don't, (laughs) they wouldn't get it. Like if more people, I said this too, on my show this week, like, Instagram is what you want people to see. Like right. you don't have a thought of like, oh my god, my son doesn't have pants on. And look at this playroom. I'm gonna put it on Instagram. Like that's not a thought. When you your kids are looking cute and look at this dress and they match. Oh my god, stand, stand, smile, smile. Whatever. Look at the camera. Do. Look at the camera. Look at the One. camera. Okay, bye. Like to put up. That's you think Instagram. Like you think that I should share this. You share what you want people to see. If we shared just all Messy the stuff. other stuff. Yeah. That you never, but I get it. I'm guilty of it too. Like the bad stuff. You don't think, why would I put this on Instagram? But that's what like connects you. Cause people are like, Oh my God, my playroom looks exactly the same. Mrs. World's son doesn't have pants on. Like I'm doing okay. Like if we, yeah. if we need like a movement towards reality, especially like moms. Cause I'm just like every day. I'm like, I I, can't, I, my son thinks he's a T-Rex and he just all day growling. And I was like, I cannot listen to it for one more second. I'm so short with him. And I, I feel like a bad mom and it's like working mom guilt if everybody said, "Oh my god, 100% me too." No, my no- my kid
0: loves being a dinosaur all the time. I'm like, "Stop growling."
1: Yeah. I can't. A, where's the
0: boy? I need the boy right now. Yes. I needs to go back. There are no
1: dinosaurs at the bank. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> I get it. I I and you then you feel bad and you're short with them but like just being able to connect on that but why would I put that on Instagram? Like you're you don't have the thought to share something that's not Instagram, worthy, like, like, look at this. And I I'm so guilty of this. I said, I, I catch myself admittedly. Like if we had a, a Sunday, we spent the whole day together. We went to the playground. We went to lunch. I put it on Instagram. Cause I know it's my guilt of being a working mom, like feeling like I don't spend enough time with them. So when we are spending time together, I catch myself and I'm like, why, who are you putting this on there for to show right. that you are with your kids good mom? It's for me. Like I, why are you And I know that, like, I'd be, I'm self-aware enough now to be like, you're triggering, like you're feeling like you're not spending enough time with your kids or you're too focused on your brand. So when you are with your kids, it's always on Instagram. Like I'll go for it. Like, I admit that. Yeah. Like if everybody,
0: it's like, look at me, look at me, look what I'm doing. Look, I'm a good mom. Look at where the, yeah, because we have our own self-doubt or we're feeling guilty in some way, or we are trying to brag maybe. Right. I had my
1: kids all day today. I don't know what you were doing, but we were at the playground. We had a great day. Like, I didn't need to put that on Instagram. Who did I put that on there for? Like, think about that when you post, like, who is this for? Right. Like, is it for you? Like, is it? Cause I don't think anybody else is thinking, I mean, maybe people think this about me, but like, she's never with her kids. She's, she works too much. Like why would anybody give a second thought to me? I feel that way. So right. I have to justify on Instagram. Like, look, I also am with my kids. Look at me. And I know that I put that on there for me. Like, why, why do we do that? And And let's catch ourselves doing it.
0: Yeah. And acknowledging it. Like, um, I just, I just recorded a podcast on, it was on someone else's podcast. And I was saying like, it's just acknowledge your weaknesses and we'd all be better. Like I acknowledge that I hate doing laundry. I acknowledge that I am not a morning person. I will never be a morning person. I've tried to be a morning person. I've gone to bed early. Can't get up. I just, I'm not, not my body hates the mornings. I'm stiff. I've had back <laughs> surgery. I, I yeah. ache. I, I just want to I love my bed and I just want to stay cozy. And it's cold when you get out of a warm bed. And I just, I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl. I like it. I've been going to bed earlier, but just acknowledging that I'm just not,
1: I am who I, I am.
0: <laughs> will get up when I have to get up. Like I, my mom even said the other day, we were having a conversation. She's like, you know, Heather's never been a morning person. And She's always been a night owl, but I have to say, like, I've never asked her to get up to go to school. Like you were always up five thirty in the morning, ready to go. If you had a soccer game, like you were ready. I never had to nag you to get out the door. You were ready to go no matter how early it was. So like when I have to be so like, my kids will not be late to school Yeah, ever. We are early. Cause you okay. will not be late. Like I hound them to get out the, the house at seven o'clock in the morning. Do we have to leave at seven o'clock in the morning? No. We don't, but I want to be there at 7:30, even Just though she's are there
1: on time. Like, what will happen? Like Be like, oh my God, Heather can't even get her kids to school on time. Like, no. is it more-
0: annoying? <laughs> well, it might be this? the anxiety thing. It might be the anxiety thing because I had perfect attendance from kindergarten <sighs> to senior year. I never missed a day of school. I have certificates. I have freaking all the things. It's on my resume. I never missed a day of school except for like for an excused absence for a school soccer game or a doctor's appointment, which very rarely was ever a thing. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, it's, you will not miss school. You will not be late. I was never late, never had a tardy in my life. Mm. I think I had one tardy and I had a free tardy pass. Cause I was goody two shoes. Like I, of course, you did. Of course, I did. Of course, I did.
1: Course I had like pass. six of them this in my bag.
0: I <laughs> like six of them in my bag. It was like, eh, I'll just hold them on for a rainy day. I'll never use them. I think I still have them. I mean, They're <laughs> like in
1: frames in your room. But <laughs>
0: does it matter? Yeah, I actually have my perfect attendance certificate frame. Oh. It is. And that's a really big accomplishment. But what the heck did it do for me? You know what it did? I missed out on fun things. I didn't do senior skip day. Like, oh. I didn't like,
1: yeah. I did it. I was, it's I went to order. school. You sick. had that in order and that I, made you feel like all is well in the world. Cause did. it's all perfect.
0: I had bronchitis, laryngitis, and a stupid, stupid fever. And it was right when we were going to regionals for, for senior year, I had two weeks left to school, two weeks of my senior year. And I was like, I will sneak out of this house to go to school. I have two <sighs> weeks left. Never missed a day in my life. I couldn't breathe. Wow. I had a night, like we had to call the doctor at midnight. I literally couldn't breathe. My abs were so sore and tight from coughing They're like, she needs to just rest. It's bronchitis, I had no voice. So talking on a soccer field, forget it. But I was like, No, I'm not missing. I will I will crawl out my window and go. And my mom's like, no, you're not. I'm like, no, watch me. I have two weeks. I'm not lo- I'm not gonna ruin my record. Mess it all up. Yeah. <laughs> For what? For what? I didn't get money for you, for,
1: it. for you to yeah. be able to have that. And it's, 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 important to you. And I, but you're right. Like, what is it for? What like Did it I, serve me as a 37 year old adult right now? No, <laughs> I mean, it's on your wall. It's something that makes you, that you take Ooh. pride in. And now what's what got us? We are, we are late. Like and it's not me. I'll say that somebody can't be out the house. <laughs> um on time even when our daughter's ready. But anyway, like we got this first of all, my daughter our oldest is in kindergarten. so this is my first time like with elementary oh, school. Okay. I'm just kind of like, you know, I thought they had to I knew the school started at 7:40. I thought they had to be in the building at 7:40. And again, my husband drops her off, so I'm like he he drops her off. He's always back around 8, so like made sense and we get this, a letter from the principal that was like, uh, your daughter has six tardies, um, to, to date. And it was like only like two months into school. And I was like, Whoa, I go, are you going to McDonald's? He's like, no, he's like, I mean, it's been close a couple of times, but she's in by seven forty, So it's not in by seven forty. it's in your classroom. Oh, and I, we just didn't know. And so, but when I got a letter from the principal, with six tardies, I was like, <gasps> I felt, felt like you're like, in trouble. Oh my God. And then her first report card comes and it's like all the tardies and i was just like oh my i hated it for her that she had all these tardies on there but she's six we were tardy no, I and know. then i'm like what That's- like and then i thought <laughs> about it she got a couple more we we leave earlier now but i was talking to another mom and i was like oh my god like she was like six tardies and she's like yeah um, and i was like well, what do they do? what happens like she's like oh they just they put them all on your report card and i was like okay and who do they give it to the parents and i was like so they're reporting our tardies to us just letting us know. I was You're like, lady. is it jail time. Like, what what happens to them? She's like, no, they just put it on your, and I was like, so nothing happened. There's no penalty. It's None. just like, no. And it's reported to the parents who are the drivers who made you tardy. Like we know, <laughs> and she doesn't get in trouble. I was like, unless they're like, so that's when I was like, okay. Like the letter at first I was like, oh my God, six tardies. Like what happens at seven? She's like, nothing happens, but they go on your report card that goes to me. And so That's it's like, so right. funny. I didn't risk- think about that.
0: I mean, what? for us, like, if we're late, if like one time we left like at seven fifteen. Now I have to hit a lot of school zones to get there because I we, they go to private school, so they're Ooh. not like the school down the street.
1: Yeah, we are.
0: My okay. motivation, my motivation, not to be there, is because the doors close at eight. I have to physically get out of my car and walk my three children into the school. And that's a pain in the ass. Oh yeah, That's why I don't want to be late to be really honest.
1: (laughs) I don't want to to get my ass out of the car and take them inside. It's so lazy. No, that makes efficient. That's smart. That's efficient. Cause and I know if, if I have to get out,
0: my four-year-old will cling onto my leg and not mm-hmm. let me leave. I have so yesterday those, yeah. I had to drop him off. He was having a hard day. I get out of my car. I was like, oh, it's over. I'm not getting back in my car for like 30 minutes and I'm going to hold up the line. I have to park on the side. That's now the worst, it's like, too,
1: that's the whole the thing.
0: It's like, just go it. it, it that's why I don't want to be late. I don't want to get my sense. ass out of
1: my car and walk all that three of you inside. Total sense. That is, and then you said you cross three school zones, so you don't know if you're going to be behind buses. That makes sense. We are six minutes from the school, and she's always there around seven forty. And if she's not, she gets a mark on her report card, right. and it goes to her parents.
0: And, she's in, and she's in kindergarten. It's kindergarten,
1: but nothing. Ha- I was like, what do they do? Like, do they count attend to something? Nothing happens. No, I was like, if there's not jail time or something, and like, what is? Why am I rushing? She's going to have another one on a report card. It's not they're not reporting it to the school district they report it to us. So I was like yeah. okay I'm going to calm down a little bit like looks think
0: it counts you know, till they're in like high school when they can drive themselves and I just like she no. she can't
1: she can't drive herself. Exactly. So I was like who are they penalizing like and there's really no penalty like no, yeah I don't it's know it's so I'm... bad
0: it's so bad. And it, it's funny because like my young, my oldest when he was in kindergarten this was before covid I think the perfectionism in my head with me not missing school And my, my sister didn't miss any. And I was raised by educators. We just did it. We didn't take vacations on a school day ever. My mother never, it would be spring break, summer. Like we don't miss school. And he had like a little stomach, like, like a thing. Like he was just struggling that morning and he wasn't throwing up or anything, but it was kind it it was like, okay. And it, it, my instinct was don't take him, don't take him to school. But then I was like, he'll be fine. It's just a little diarrhea. No big deal. What happened? Oh man. I got a call. 10 minutes after I dropped him off, that he threw up all over the, oh. the, the classroom. I felt like a terrible parent. I was like, crap, I should never have sent oh. him. Well, he has to Will come you- home and be 24 hours without, blah, blah, blah. And I, it's is kindergarten, my first kid. And I'm just like, I sent him to school knowing I probably shouldn't have for to what? To get the so
1: perfect he, attendance. So he
0: didn't miss a day of school. It's kindergarten. Right. What I get is wrong? Now. So it was a detriment. I see my perfect yeah. score as a detriment to myself because it leaks onto my kids where no, you're going to school. You can't miss school when it's like, I, I have friends that are like, yeah, I took them out of school early today. I'm like, no. Oh, I'm like, Oh my God. And it's like, why does it, it matter?
1: That is a great way. I love how you just said like a detriment to your kids. Like would you want your kids to be the way that you are? Cause I hope to God that my daughter is not like the mess in the playroom and the dishes and the thing. I want her to be chill. So why would I model anything else than chill? I need to start right. thinking, like you just said, like, if I don't want my daughter to be this way and I am her female, like role model of like what it's like to be a grown up woman, I don't want her to be like this. So maybe that should be my, um, goal. Like any should probably I'm, try that too. Anytime should try that, that together.
0: Way, it's like, let's try what that together. Aaron was very similar.
1: Was like, Yes. <laughs> we but I don't are. want her to be like, I can't go to bed. There's dishes in the sink. Like, and I, I'm giving that to her. Cause that's what I do. So if I'm more chill and not, because like, if you, you tell her, go, wait,
0: it can wait till the morning. Don't we tell our kids like it can wait till the morning. It's not important not, right now. Wait till no. the morning. We should probably do the same. Yes. Love it. Well, so, you don't wait till the morning. Oh, I don't
1: exactly. And so she why would should say I, well, she would say that too. You have to right? model it. Right. Okay. Success. We're going to do
0: better. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do that
1: virtual high five
0: virtual high five. Yeah. I love you. She's, she's my virtual bestie, by the way. Like we are soulmates. Like again, we've, we've done this twice. This, I lost my recording. I was so sad, but then I was actually happy because we could reconnect again. Yeah. So it's always so fun. Uh, so Great. can you tell the listeners, cause we just had our own little girl chat here is, uh, where they can find you your book and your, your podcast is amazing. You have some amazing guests that you have, um, on your podcast, And so Thank everyone you. should go and listen to it.
1: I appreciate it. Uh, squats and margaritas podcast is wherever you get your podcasts. Um, squats and margaritas, a journey to finding balance is on Amazon. That's my book, um, about my struggles and then how I live now. And I'm squats and margaritas on Instagram. So it's hard to miss me. No, squats and margaritas. (laughs) Isn't
0: that the best name? It's so great. And you do, do you, I know we asked you this, I asked you this last time. You don't have a margarita every day, but you do have a glass of wine or some sort every day, don't you?
1: so funny. You're saying this. I'm literally, I, I was supposed to post it this morning. I'm going to post it today. Um, a real, cause everybody's like, you don't drink every day or you don't like, what do you eat? So I, yes, I did it yesterday. I put times and every time I ate, I made a video. I'm like meeting I'm again, meeting again. I had a beer when I was, uh, I ate like a bowl of like a small bowl of my kids pasta. Cause they eat before us, they eat at like five fifteen, And then yeah. I had dinner at like seven thirty, and I had a beer with both of those. And I was like, this is what I do. So I'm showing it. And I, I mean, I don't know how it will be received, but every day I have something that I need to have. Like, uh, I love a margarita sometimes if I don't have all the stuff, um, an IPA, I love having something like to pair with meals. Like if I have pasta, like a glass of red wine, and I, I can stop at one, maybe two, if you are not able to moderate, then yeah. I would never tell somebody because some people like once they drink, it's like, what's the point of one. And they right. want to keep drinking. So That's I, a problem. I don't, I, yeah, I don't have that. Like I, for me, if I have one, I feel satisfied. And I knew that I, I could have that glass of wine. If somebody said no glass of wine, no one then I would feel deprived. And then what I would do is like during the week, I'd be like, I'm not drinking during the week. And then Saturday was my drinking day. Mm-hmm. So I'd have a bottle of wine and then be hung over on Sunday. And then like, feel like I had to drink on Sunday because Monday it's off limits. I had all these stupid rules and it led to like, it, it was not serving me. So now it's like, if I want a glass of wine, I have a glass of wine and then I can stop. And I, it that's all I need. It's like my brain. Like I said, like a little piece of a cookie. If I don't feel deprived, like if somebody said you can't have a cookie, I'm like, before I'd be like, well, I had a little piece. I might as well eat the whole crumble cookie. Like this is the <laughs> size of my head because I blew it. But it's like, if you just allow yourself a little bit, like you'd be surprised that your brain is like, you don't even need that much more. It's like, you got it. And food I always, freedom. Dim, yeah, food, freedom and getting what you want. Like now I order things, what exactly as they're prepared. And before it was like cheese on the side, sour cream on the side, all these, this bland meal that's like served to me that I don't even enjoy. I would eat it all. Cause I would justify Well, I had the cheese and the sour cream off. So I'll just eat all of it. Didn't enjoy it. Now, fish, tacos, cheese, sour cream, all the things I eat one exactly as it's prepared. And I check in. And if I want another one, I have a second one. And then I check in. I'm, I'm good. I don't need to eat four, but I am satisfied because I got fish tacos exactly as they're prepared. Not with everything off. I ate less because I mean, I, I you just have to check in, check in with all yourself right. and your brain is satisfied. If you don't make anything off limits and the squats and margaritas came from, I was sitting at my, uh, table in our old house. And I was like, it's so funny how like my whole life was like restriction and depriving myself. And I was, I weighed 20 pounds more. And I was like, now I was like, I don't even try that hard. It's just like squats and margaritas. And I found this balance. And like, I went to Instagram I was like, does anybody have it? I went and like got the domain. And I was like, it's squats and margaritas. You work out not obsessively, but you, I still work out hard three, four days a week. I have a daily indulgence, so I don't feel deprived and I've been able to maintain my weight, um, and not working as hard, like enjoying my life. So right. it's like, I have to spread that message.
0: <laughs> yeah. You have to have to live your life, healthy, smart. Yeah. And, you know, we obsess other, other things. Like we don't need to obsess about those types of things. No, There's-
1: because when I was obsessing, I weighed more. So it was like, if your goal is to like, be in like your best physical body, you're you're hurting yourself. If you're over exercising and under eating and not really enjoying your life, it's like, now I enjoy my life. And like, I, my body has found like peace. It's not all cortisol and stress. Do people and, come up to you? Do people come up to you and say like, you
0: look amazing. And you're just like, huh?
1: I, you look, well, like, I you I'm look so happy. happy. So we didn't get into the, This is going to be a whole nother podcast of the mental side of it. I still have mental stuff with like the eating disorder because I didn't get help and the only reason I didn't go to treatment was because of the shame of it like I didn't want people to know what I was doing and I stopped doing it but I feel like had I gone to treatment, I wouldn't have the noise in my head about like a physical ideal i I mm-hmm. admittedly feel my best when I'm in my best physical body and I have I found that now and I've been able to maintain it for three years and I I feel better like when I'm not in my best physical body, I don't feel. I don't know. Like, I, th- I just feel like I'm shorter with people. I'm just kind of like irritated and that's how I lived for so long. And it's like, now that I'm just happy, I I'm happy. Cause I figured it out. I figured out this balance. And now I I'm in my best physical body, but I got there listening to my body and taking care of it versus restriction over exercise and all the things that you think you have to do to get your best body. That didn't work for me. 20 years of frustration. Now honor your hunger cues. If you are hungry, please eat. Don't wait for a mealtime. Don't save your calories, eat, check in. If you're satisfied, stop eating, not when you're full or like, there's nothing left on the plate because you'd be surprised if you just take that second, it's like, I'm satisfied. I don't even need the rest of this. And then maybe like an hour or so later you'll want it. Then finish, finish it. it. Yeah. Right. But it's like, if you just it's take not all or nothing second, yes. It's not like, or how I used to live. Like I, these are my drinking days. I, it's going to be nothing during the week. So you binge, on the weekends. Cause it's, and then it's just like a cycle. I ate clean all week bender on the weekend. I'm hungover, start again. If you just live with balance and allow yourself the thing you want to have, not a ton of it. Like don't have, I had banana pudding yesterday. That's going to be on my reel. And I ate the whole little thing of it with my coffee, but I don't have it. I didn't have it after lunch. And then after dinner, it's like, I had it in the morning. I didn't really have anything sweet the rest of the day. I had that crumble cookie this morning. That's it. But if you said I couldn't have it, I would be like, frustrated. And at some point I would eat the entire cookie. Cause I was just like, well, you, I don't can't. know. I'd be, yeah, I'd be miserable. Or, and then it's like, I blew it. There's no blowing it. Balance is just daily allowances for what you want, eating pretty healthy to kind of balance that out, working out hard, but like maybe 30 minutes, yeah, three, four times a week. It, and before That's all was I like, do 30 minutes, yes. It used to be like an hour, seven days a week, no days team, no days off. Like I see that hashtag all the time, team no days off. Oh God, if that works for you, sounds exhausting. Work, yeah, do it. But it's like if you if you're listening to this right now and you're like I'm frustrated with what I'm doing. If you keep doing that, you're not gonna change anything. You're gonna get the same result. So if you're feeling frustrated, try it this way. Like. It sounds counterintuitive. Work out less. So um, if it's not working what you're cardio. doing now,
0: why not? Well, you have to lose.
1: No, exactly. And I I get it because I I I was like, no, you don't eat more. That's not you what do we're Cause you do, though. Because your body will release though. it, your
0: body will burn it and it'll turn your metabolism faster because right now it's slow and it's sluggish because it doesn't know what's going to be fed next. And yeah, so, 100%. no, I need that to survive. They need your body needs calories to survive and have energy. And so if you would just let it feed it, then it'll be like, oh, I'm good. It will exert more it. energy because you're gonna feed me in a little while anyway. Yes.
1: You have to be in tune with your body. Like you and your body have to ch- be like in sync. It's a trusted if your body doesn't trust you, it's gonna not know what to it's gonna try to keep you alive. Like if it knows it like my body, like I I eat pretty much like I eat all day long. So it's like your food is coming in. She's not gonna exercise twice, you know, like she You're not did. grumpy or hangry or snapping no, at your kids it, and you can have them. I'm happier and I weigh less and I, I No, it shouldn't be about a weight loss, but if it is for you and you haven't had an eating disorder past and you're just frustrated with, you know, thinking they're doing the right things and it's just the weight isn't coming off. Like there is a different way and it's not the way the women are stay
0: off the scale. Like just gauge it off your pants. I I haven't weighed. I can't when I have to go to the doctor, I close my eyes because it will mess with me. I'll see myself. I'll be like, (gasps) I weigh how much? But it's muscle mass. It's because I work out. It's your weight fluctuates at least five pounds each day if you don't, you know, water weight, this, that, bloated, whatever. But like, maybe you have to pee. Who knows? But I like, know. I cannot look at the scale, and they always ask me what my weight, and I just give them the ballpark. It messes with me. I go off of the way my leggings fit, my pants. I put some leggings on the other day. I'm like, oh, these are tight, and I was like, oh yeah, these are always tight. And I put my jeans. I'm like, oh, my jeans are fine. I'm yeah. fine.
1: Don't so have if that I, extra my noise of fit, a number. I'm
0: fine. Yeah, They're a little tight, probably need a layoff of the, this, or, you know, drink more water. You're about to
1: start your period or something like they could be tight for something. That's like, won't be that way tomorrow. Like it's just, if you're, if you're not looking at a number, it's going to all balance out. Just relax. I would just say, calm down. Like I was so vigilant about calories and like rest, like I would wake up and set alarms on vacation. And does the, does the hotel have a gym calm down? And it's like, now if I don't feel like Take a I walk. want to get a workout. It, yeah. Like I'll go take a walk or something, but it was like, I can't miss a day. And I was 20 pounds heavier. Like just actually don't work out at
0: hotels. I, I don't, I feel like if I'm no, I'll go take a walk or get active or something. But for some reason, I'm like, I don't want to use my time to go work out. I, that's just me. Cause I'm on yeah. vacation and I don't feel like going to the gym.
1: I just found that it like at 40. Now I, now I, just, I, do I don't.
0: That. Yeah. I just, I did. I used to. I, I used to go find the gym or if I needed to, but yeah. like I can go work out other ways. Totally. Right. Just keep your body moving. Yeah. So
1: exactly. Let's go spend time with your kids. They'll have fun because you're doing something with them and you're getting in some exercise.
0: And go throw them in the pool or something. Or go yeah. run around or go take a walk around the, the, the block with them and go see the sights, you know? Absolutely. Things like that. You don't need to go and lift weights and be at a gym. But that's a mentality thing. So I mean I know. It's a mindset. A lot of people yeah. like to do that. That's just not something I
1: like to do. Yeah,
0: like I'll I'll be with friends They're like, oh, we're gonna go hit the gym. I'm like, oh God, oh, be at the pool, at the bar,
1: do what works for you. And Catch you later. I'll
0: be doing my bicep curls with my margarita.
1: <laughs> you squat while you drink your margarita. I squat with my margaritas. Like, hey. like somebody told me this works. <laughs> this yeah yeah, little bird told me.
0: Well, thank Not you so simultaneously. much.
1: Simultaneously. No, no, no. no.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Aaron, thank you again. I'm gonna say again because we've had this conversation, you know, <laughs> lots of conversation. And thanks, thanks for being here. I love you so much. And um, uh, I hope everyone goes and checks you out.
1: Thank you, Heather. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. And uh thank you for listening to another episode of the Chaos Cookies podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. Go check Aaron out, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos
1: and Cookies.